What does the cleaning industry really talk about? Beyond Clean with Ace is a podcast to explore just that. Now in its sixth season, Beyond Clean with Ace has hosted hundreds of influencers from around the globe. Listen to people who are excited about providing healthy, positive, and proactive information. Share their experiences, passions, and helpful tips. Now let's join our host, Dave Thompson, Director for the Academy of Cleaning Excellence, as he speaks with yet another leading influencer from our industry. Hello, everyone. I'm Dave Thompson. I am the director here at the Academy of Cleaning Excellence. And yes, you might know the rock star custodian up behind me today. Well, that's why, because, well, you know what? This past week, we announced the rock star custodian for 2021. So if you'd like to find out who that was and see all the video, I will tell you. This guy, they did it right. They had 100 kids in the auditorium when he walked in. They had the the school band playing. They had a special chant for him. He got a trophy from us and a plaque. He got a trophy from them. Uh, His family came from over in Tampa and drove all the way across the state to be there. You got to go and check it out. Rockstarcustodian.com. Third year we've been presenting that program. And I got to tell you, it is a wonderful thing to be able to do that for people all over the country. Um, well, today I've got a special guest with me because, you know, we call this show Beyond Clean with Ace. Now, that being said, we don't always talk about cleaning, but folks, today we're going to talk about cleaning because, well, Brian Winch is with me this afternoon and he's from a little different climate than where I am in Florida. So, uh, you know, as we're recording this, the 2nd of February, it's probably a little cooler for most of you, and I, you know, I feel for you. I spent a lot of time in Missouri. But, Brian, uh, what are we talking about? You know, a, a simple cleaning process to make triple-digit income. I got to hear more. Oh, okay. Well, thanks, Dave, for having me. And, uh, oh, it was about 1981 when I was looking for an opportunity to work for myself. Uh, I was working a full-time job as a, a shipper receiver and I couldn't see myself doing that the rest of my life. And, and uh, I, I'm, I was really kind of an outdoorsy person, like to work outdoors and um, just didn't want to be confined to the same four walls every day. So um, I, I barely graduated high school. Uh, I wasn't a very good student, uh, didn't have a lot of money in the bank and not a lot of skills. I was 21, like I say. And um, um, I started looking at various opportunities. And, um, you know, one that struck me was uh, cleaning. Uh, you know, there's the saying fortunes have been made in the, in the cleaning business. And um, as um, you know, my dad actually uh, was a caretaker. Um, he was a, a janitor for the public school system. And um, he did a number of things on the side, like cutting grass in the summer and uh, shoveling snow in the winter. But he also cleaned up litter from the uh, uh, parking lot outside of a nearby strip plaza. And he had taken me along with him a couple times when I was a teenager, uh, you know, about 14, 15 years of age. And I remember how easy it was to do. Uh, we, we weren't going in cleaning up an, an accumulation of debris or, or litter material. You know, the whole point is he had the contract to keep the property litter-free. So we utilized simple hand tools. Uh, we would just walk the, the parking lot sidewalks and the surrounding landscape and, 
and uh, sweep up litter material into our collection tools and be done in basically a matter of minutes. It was almost as easy to do as going for a walk. So with that memory, um, I thought, well, you know what? Let's see if there's a market for this service. And um, uh, unfortunately, he passed away just two months before I actually launched the business. He died unexpectedly at the age of 61. And so I didn't have his experience or his contacts to, uh, to call upon. But uh, I thought, well, I'm going to make this work, you know, in order to honor my dad. And, and uh, I, you know, I, I enjoy the work and I would really like to make this work. So um, I started cold calling. Uh, the internet of the day was the yellow pages. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the good through old, the yellow pages. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, we've all been there. Yeah, <laughs> I got you covered on that one there. Yeah. So, so, uh, um, it was luck would have it, you know, work, you know, you make your luck by, by working hard for it. Uh, about the third or fourth call in, um, I, I had a prospect that say, you know, this is, this is great. I mean, we were just having this discussion in the office that we needed to replace the person we were using to, you know, to provide the uh, the litter pick or the litter cleanup outside of our, our two strip plazas. Would you be interested? And so that's that's all. It all started from there. And, um, you know, if, if people in your audience are wondering, well, you know, you know, parking lot litter cleaning, uh, what's new with that? Uh, you know, if it's true. Landscapers do it. Some, you know, big cleaning companies do it. But what made my business model so successful, and it's been going on for over 40 years now, is we provide our service on foot with simple hand tools after hours where we can clearly see and clean all material and provide that little extra personal touch with, in the form of extra communication, daily reporting, and our clients love us. We've had some clients for as, almost as long as we've been in business, uh, and um and you know, I'm sharing my success with other people across the country now as well. You know, what's interesting as you talk about this, Brian, the cleaning industry uses a lot of hand tools. We walk buildings. We work after hours. We provide a service. The only difference here is, is that when we talk about cleaning, for the most part, most of us in this industry, we're talking about inside the building, inside the four walls. Uh, here you've went and said, hey, let me get outside where I can breathe fresh air. I, you yeah. know what? I got I got to think about this. You know, we, we've been in the COVID lockdown for a couple of years, and here you are. And then it, it, I would imagine you haven't really missed a beat. No, actually, um, it's been great for our business because there's more of an awareness now. Uh, not just from the general public, but from our clients who are property management companies for the need to, to safely maintain uh, their properties, um, not just litter material, which would be cigarette butts and, you know, empty right. drink cups and fast food wrappers, but yeah, nobody, all the normal things that people pitch out of their car yeah. that they don't want, they're too lazy to take to the trash can. Right? Exactly. But now yeah. on top of that, you know, there's the, uh, the masks that people oh. discard, you know, they come out of a grocery store and, you know, <laughs> can't be bothered to, to, you know, to take it home with them or put it, find a litter container and it just uh, winds up on the parking lot. And of course it scatters everywhere, the sidewalks into the, the shrubs and bushes. And, and so our clients recognize the need to maintain our service, but also if anything, uh, you know, they weren't going to cut us back or let us go because, you know, they needed us to, to, to clean up all of these masks in addition to all the litter material. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this as you're saying this, you know, I had surgery about 18 months ago and I had to go 
uh, into the hospital three days a week to uh, for physical therapy after surgery. And every single time I went in, I started counting how many masks were laying in the parking lot on the way to and from. And I'm thinking, this is a hospital. It's supposed to be a clean environment. And this is the way the outside of the building was. So you're, you're hitting right on a target that I noticed here. Uh, you know, it's, it is kind of, it's not an out of sight, out of mind thing though. Well, you know, like I say, you know, somebody in one form or the other is, is currently providing this service, you know, for property management companies. As I mentioned before, it could be a landscaper, it could be a cleaner, cleaner. The, the problem with landscapers is a lot of times they try to do it during the day when, you know, when they're landscaping and, and you can't provide a satisfactory result when uh, during the day when there's vehicles parked in the parking lot and oftentimes parked right on top of the material that you're supposed Absolutely. to clean up. Yeah. I, yeah. And, and, and then the thing is, is most of those people, uh, I got to tell you, and I'm not, I'm not, Hey folks, by no means am I saying that landscaping people are lazy because I've done landscaping. It's not lazy, but they're not in tune with doing that. They're, they, they, the last thing they want to do at the end of their landscaping day is mess with litter. And so what do they do? They grab the blower and I, I watch this all the time, right? They blow it from around the leaves, around the landscape and out into the parking lot. Well, it's off of their stuff, but now it's in the parking lot. Parking lot guy comes with the big vacuum truck and he blows it around. And if it comes out where his truck will get it, he gets it. But if it goes back up on the landscape, so who, who, who's taking care of it? Aha, yeah. I know somebody. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's right. And, you know, oftentimes I, I've seen the landscapers too. Uh, walking around uh, a property and uh, they don't use the proper tools. They might walk around with a bag or a, or a, you know, a plastic bucket and one of those grabber tools or one of those, uh, <laughs> you know, poker tools. And, you know, that's going to get the big stuff, but they're going to miss all the small wrappers and especially all the, the, the cigarette butts. And so, you know, oh, yeah, we, and they're not going to pick up each one of those little cigarette butts. Yeah, yeah, like not this. one at a time, <laughs> certainly not one at a time. They'll be there forever. And, you know, so, you know, we utilize uh, a unique hand tool uh, that allows us to clean up more material in less time, uh, which saves our customers money and which makes the business more profitable for us as well. So, um, uh, you know, it, it all, you know, you have to provide it with the proper equipment at the right time of day and, and uh, offer that extra customer service and uh, to be successful, um, you know. So this is, this is a large investment to get started in a small business, right? It's a small investment to get, in, in, uh, to get going in this big business. <laughs> ah, okay. I got it backwards there. I thought you might catch that. Uh, you know, I was reading something uh, earlier with, before we got on here today, 50 to to $100,000 uh as a side job to your regular job yeah as a simple one-man operation i've done it i've been in the business for 40 plus years now that's how i started i started as a simple side hustle you know starting with a couple of properties and then it was four and then six buildings etc and it wasn't very long after i started this as a side gig maybe three or four months that i was making more money cleaning up litter from parking lots than I was working at my full-time job. And so I, you know, I, it wasn't rocket science for me. I, I quit my job and I scaled the business up to a successful one-man operation. I was quite content. I went about four years 
just keeping things very simple, just working for myself, just by myself. And, uh, you know, and uh, I was doing like, you know, 50 to a hundred thousand dollars a year as a, as a one man operation. And, uh, you know, if, after that, um, you know, I, I guess I was a victim of my own success. My clients came after me and they said, Brian, we need more of you at more places. And I can't be everywhere at once. So then I started recruiting an army of people to come in and do a lot of the cleaning for me. And, and the business continued to grow to the point where, you know, we, you know at one point we were doing over $700,000 a year just cleaning up litter from parking lots. Now, now, I got to think that that's a full eight to 10 hour night. Oh, yeah. Well, it was when I was doing that. Now, now, I, you know, I might do, you know, three or four hours a day because, you know, I'm, I'm getting older. I'm slow down, but I still enjoy. Now, now wait work. a minute. Now, now, wait a minute, folks. If you're watching the video part of this, not the podcast, there is a reason why his camera only goes so far. He does. Oh, now, he, I, Brian, I was trying to help you out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, us guys that we. But you're 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 right. This is something that would keep you physically fit um, as well. What about climate and the issues that come in with climate and all of that? Is this an issue for well, I mean other people that are doing this around the country? What have you been hearing? Well, you know, litter isn't seasonal. It litter doesn't take a day off because <laughs> no. it rains. Litter doesn't stay in the house. Uh, no. You know, people are always tossing the material out regardless of the season. Uh, it's true that if it snows, the snow may temporarily mask some material like the cigarette butts, but at some point it melts or if it's piled up when the piles of snow melt, um, you know, that, that stuff gets exposed and it's got to be cleaned up. So well, now it's all piled up for you. So it's a lot easier to <laughs> Oh, you know, sometimes in the spring when it's melting, it doesn't happen all at once. But I feel like an archaeologist, you know, going through a dig, you know, and I'm finding this and that. It, it changes every day. But, you know, um, you, you just have to dress accordingly like any other like even landscapers. Landscapers work outdoors uh, in a winter, summer, fall, spring. And you just dress it accordingly. Uh, um, it, you know, I, just a lot of people dress in layers. You know, it might be a certain temperature when you start out. Um, you know, the first thing in the morning. And by the time you're finished uh, later in the morning, uh, you know, you're down to you know, just a fleece or something like that or a light jacket. Um, so, you know, I, I don't mind. Um, I love working outdoors. And, you know, the, the people that work for me feel the same way. And, you know, I've had a lot of the people, you know, working for me for, you know, 20, 30. Well, one guy works, has been working for me for 35 years. That's great. I mean, long-term employment, uh, work for yourself, work when I'd say work when you want to, but you're working early mornings. You know, one thing I want to ask though, I'm curious about the archeology span part of it. I mean, you know, I've been in this business for a lot of years and I've been behind buildings in front of buildings and stuff. And I know there's usually some very interesting things that you may or may not find. Do you have any good stories for us? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you know, I'm always finding valuables, um, you know, paper bills, you know, it could be fives, tens, twenties. Um, you know, I'm finding, you know, people's uh, cell phones, wallets, purses, um, the most, you know, and <laughs> now, I, now, wait a minute. I, I, I understand the cell phone thing. My wife cannot keep a cell phone with her for anything. I mean, you know, I, 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 I just, when you said cell phones, I'm thinking, oh gosh, yeah. uh, sorry well, about know, that, hon. But I mean, you know, that's what it is. Yeah. 
Well, you know what? Like, I, and I, I think what's happening is, um, I don't know about purses, but I mean, with the other stuff, the money and the, the cell phones and the wallets is um, people will stuff things in their pockets and then they go to grab their car keys. And uh-huh. when they pull the keys out, you know, out come the other stuff, you know, and it's, and it's laying in the parking lot for us to find. So, you know, uh, you know, we always make our best effort to, to find, uh, locate these people, you know, if there's identification inside the wallets, et cetera. Um, the most money I've ever found is probably about $600 yeah. several years ago. Um, it, it must've been sitting under a waste dumpster for a while. And then when the bin was emptied and placed back, set back a bit, uh, I noticed this a roll of paper and it was pretty grubby and dirty and muddy and um, I bent down picked it up and I thought well this is money you know <laughs> uh, but I couldn't open it because it's just wet and, and soggy so I took it home dried it out uh, when I was able to uh, unroll it I started peeling off the bills it totaled six hundred dollars holy I, I, now that now that was a day I, yeah no wonder you remember it yeah, yeah. yeah. and the thing about it is is you, get, you can't return it to anybody it's under dumpster I mean how do you know yeah no, I know. And, and I think probably it might've belonged to one of the, the storekeepers and, you know, they, at the end of the day, when they uh-huh. closed up shop, they, they took the trash out, threw it in the dumpster and, and then grabbed their car keys once again from their pockets to pull it out, you know, heading to their vehicle and, you know, out came the bankroll and they were probably on their way to the bank after work to make the deposit. Unfortunately for them, it wasn't in their pocket any longer. So okay, but, so know, that's a, that's some of the good stuff. Have you found anything that you had to get the police involved with? Well, you know, I no, not with the police, but you know, I could, you know, I could use my imagination as to what happened in the parking lot earlier Uh-oh. when when Uh-oh. I would find like a bra and some panties and you know the items of that type of clothing. And okay. you know, how else does a bra wind up in the parking lot? You know, <laughs> I ain't gonna go there with you. Yeah, I, I, I'm like you, Brian. Use your imagination, folks. Uh, you know, I this is an interesting thing about the cleaning industry. We're everywhere, and we see all the things that people don't think about. Um, I've been writing, writing some of my memoirs from my 50 year career, and I was writing some of those things. I'm like. You know what? I can't write exactly what I saw because it's not appropriate to be published. <laughs> well, you know, and, and I, I hear you, and this is probably a family show, and I could tell you a few more stories. <laughs> what you I know, see goes on in cars. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but there you there you go. You know, uh, you know, when you clean the inside of the buildings and you're cleaning after hours, uh, there's some other um, situations, folks, that I'll tell you that you find yourself in. And, uh, if you get a good custodian, it's been it for a while. I can guarantee you every single one of us has a really good juicy story that, you know, we might tell around the campfire <laughs> when there's been a little bit more adult beverages consumed. A few uh, wobbly pops. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go, Brian. You know, I think this is what's interesting is, what we're talking about this afternoon, everyone, is thinking outside the box of what normally everybody does and and looking for opportunities and things. And, you know, I think this is a great story, Brian, because your, your father inspired you. He showed you, although he wasn't there to see you actually take it to fruition. Um, I applaud the fact that you're, uh, you know, giving him the kudos and, uh, uh, you know, living, well, I guess living that legacy then. Yeah, exactly. And, and, um, I honor his memory and, and 
if, in my book, Clean Lots, America's Simplest Business, where I share with people my experience, uh, how to start and operate uh, a business like this in their own city. And um, I offer free support, uh, again, because it's, it's a Im- simple business. It, um, I understand when, you know, some people that buy the book, uh, they collect information, you know, and it sits on the bookshelf uh, for a while. Other people are more serious about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they do start the business and, uh, you know, whatever motivates them. Um, some people just want to uh, make a few extra dollars to pay off some, some debt. Uh, other people want to um, turn a side hustle into a full-time business. And that option is available to them. And I'm there to provide the free support to, to, to try my best to, to, so they could live their, achieve their dreams as well. So what you're doing now is you've kind of backed off uh, the, the, the hard labor, if you will, um, I mean, you've kind of made it sound like it's not hard labor, so I don't know if that's the right word, but uh, the day-to-day grind, if you will, then. And now you're selling the book, uh, kind of giving the business plan, if you will. Yeah, you know, and I decided early on, you know, I wanted to keep it affordable. I, you know, I, so people that, you know, starting out these days, like, like I was, you know, mm-hmm. not a lot of money in the bank, and, you know, not the most educated but somebody with ambition, they could take a simple idea and make a lot of money with it. And, and so that's why I decided to, you know, to, to write my experience down in a book. And, uh, but however, like a franchise, like, a, like a, a, you get a manual in the form of the book, but also right. the, the support that I provide. And there's no charge for that. Um, and, um, you know, I, I really get a kick out of hearing people's success stories. And, and, uh, and, and helping people because it, it's not rocket science. It really isn't. Um, so you know, now you're, you're, you're up in British Columbia, correct? No, I'm in Alberta. Alberta. Okay. okay. Right Canada, next door. folks. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> cold and north. Anyway, uh, so where are some of the people that are buying the book and starting their operations? Where are they coming from? I mean, if, uh, I, I imagine just in the United States. Well, you know, the vast majority, because the U.S. market is, is uh, 10 times the size of the Canadian market. So the, the, the vast majority of, of um, the people that buy my book uh, are in the United States, uh, all across the country, California, Vermont, uh, Florida, you name it. Uh, you know, pretty much every state uh, at some point I've sold uh, uh, you know, a copy of my book to. Uh, have you got any international uh, hits off of it? Um, I try to discourage that for the simple reason that I'm not familiar with those markets. I'm familiar with the North American market and, you know, uh, you know, the prospects and, you know, how business is done and, uh, you know, the, the type of commercial developments. So, you know, we're more used to the parking lots because we're more automobile eccentric or, um, you, know, you know, people, you know, drive around, they park in parking lots as opposed to the European cities that are more high, high density and, you know, you've got, everything's built up and, and uh, people take public transit, you know, there's fewer parking lots uh, in some of those countries. So, um, so, uh, you know, my focus is on the, uh, the American market, you know, and, and also the, the Canadian market. So now you say your focus, and I got to think that you've been asked to do more than clean up the parking lot. I mean, if you've had a customer for 30, 40 years, they, they had to at some time want you to do something more than just uh, pick up the litter. Yeah, well, we had a few clients, you know, you know, maybe about 10 years after being in business, they, they approached us and said, Brian, you know what, we love the job you're doing us uh, with the parking lot litter cleaning, but, you know, 
we've got a strip of grass. Can you cut that for us? Uh, in the wintertime, we have a you know storefront sidewalk. Can you shovel the snow in the winter? And so for a few of those clients, we decided to try it out. And um, we were doing it for a few years. And, you know, to be honest with you, we hated it. I, I, heard, I, heard, I heard that tone, folks, and I was watching his expression on his face. And if, if you're watching the video, you can understand what I'm saying. I could just read real quick you know, that, that we tried it, and I just kind of knew that's what was coming. And, and what, you're, what you're talking about here is you found a niche. You, you, you do it very well. You stay where you are. You know, it's kind of like people come here to the academy and they say, well, you know, I'm in residential cleaning. I said, you're in the wrong place. Well, I thought you talked about cleaning and, and contracts and certifications. I go, yeah, commercial. I don't do residential. I know where I belong. I know where I'm good, uh, but I'll send you some, some other people that do residential education and they're schooled in that. They don't do with commercial. And, and so I think that's the thing you're talking about this afternoon be good exactly. at what you're doing. Yeah. You know what? It's better to be uh, an expert or be seen as an expert in what you do than attempt to be a jack of all trades and wind up being a master of none. Well, you know, I've been accused a little bit of that myself. I do a lot of things. So, uh, Brian, where can they get hold of you? I know you mentioned your book. Let's go through that again because we definitely want people that are listening here at Beyond Clean With Ace to be able to get that. Uh, that information because I'm sure they haven't heard this before. Yeah, well, the, the best place to go uh, uh, look for me is at my website, uh, cleanlots.com. And uh, on the homepage, there's a, a free PDF download. Uh, it's a free report to, uh, you know, if you're sitting on the fence and trying to decide if this opportunity is right, a right fit for you, uh, by all means, uh, kick some tires and download that free report. And also on my website, there's a three-minute video that shows me walking the parking lot and providing my service. And you can see it actually does look as simple to do as going for a walk. <laughs> you know what? I, 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 I'm going back to my surgery because you know the, the biggest thing they wanted you to do after that surgery was walk. And it was like, oh, my gosh, do I really? I'm thinking, do I really want to go and walk around for two or three hours with Brian? Every morning, uh, I am imagining that most of this is only five day a week. Are we talking seven day a week too? Well, you know, like with the, I'm not walking two or three hours straight. <laughs> um, you know, I, I have several properties where there's some driving time in between each property. So, you know, one property might take me five to 10 minutes to service. Another one might, you know, be 15 to 20 minutes, another one, 45 minutes. So it, it, it varies. And so you get that little break between uh, job sites. Um, but um, um, sorry, I lost the, what was the, the rest of that question? <laughs> I, I just said, I don't want to walk with you like that. And, and, and I'm, I'm thinking that most of this is five days a week and not oh. seven or, or, or what, what, I mean, oh, okay. a, a general contract term, if you will, for yeah. the folks. Okay. Well, no, that's a great question. So like a lot of the, um, the industrial warehouse properties we do tend to be three days a week. They might be Monday, okay. Wednesday, Friday. Um, some small strip plazas um, sometimes get by with three to five day week service. And five day would be Monday through Friday. Uh, we do some larger um, like um, uh, high street properties or, you know, big box developments where, um, you know, you've got the staples and the Home Depot, et cetera. 
And so, you know, those are typically, they, they want six day a week service, you know, the weekend service as well. And so uh, while I, you know, I, I tend not to do the, the large developments anymore, we get other people to do that for me, but, you know, I've got workers that, want to work five days a week. I've got some people that work for me that just want to work weekends. And so I can accommodate everybody's uh, wants and needs. Yeah, you know, so what I'm hearing you say is that the largest part of your staff are part-time, uh, flexible hours. Uh, so that being said, tell the audience, what would, what would be that, uh, that prime candidate for your service that you're going to go call on? Oh, okay. Well, the, the, uh, my clientele would be property management companies. So, um, you know, I, I contact them and, and, um, uh, you know, I'm not trying to sell them anything over the initial, um, you know, uh, introduction. It's just trying to obtain the decision maker, you know, who do I share, uh, the benefits of my service with in your, within your company? Is it the operations manager? Is it a building operator? Is it a property manager? And, uh, then I get the conversation going, uh, and, and, and share how my service can benefit them. And, um, you know, once they see, um, that I can save them money, uh, and give them uh, better results and also go beyond that and provide, you know, free reporting. I, I, we, we make a point to let our customers know if somebody's dumped off a mattress or, or there's fresh graffiti on the property or there's fresh <laughs> property damage. Maybe, maybe a large boulder in the landscape has been run over by a big four by four truck and it's sitting in the middle of the parking lot. Um, you know, my clients want to know about these issues first thing in the morning so they can deal with it as opposed to hearing from an angry tenant, um, you know, uh, you know, you know, you, uh, what's wrong with you guys? You know, when are you going to get over here and deal with this stuff? Well, yeah, you're set, you're an extra set of eyes and ears uh, and, and you see things because you're in tune with it. And you're like you said, you're walking the property. So it, it is a service. And I think that's uh, I think that's smart. I, I think I, I like this. Um, gosh, I can't tell you how many times I probably should have been doing this, but I got to tell you, uh, Brian, uh, I'm past those days, so I'm not <laughs> going to be doing that folks, but Hey, you heard it here on Belong clean with ACE. We don't always talk about cleaning. We talk about all kinds of things, but you know, my three words, healthy, positive, and proactive, uh, Brian, you hit them all. Well, there we go. Thank you. That's what I aim to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So folks, we are sponsored by Gym Supply here in Central Florida. They've been uh, providing cleaning supplies that save lives since 1930. So that's like, what, 90 years? So, hey, uh, there's a lot of us have been doing this for a long time and we're still come up with new things. Yes, we're still in a pandemic. We're still, well, I think we're in year number three and counting. So if you think that COVID is going away, I'm sorry you've been misinformed. It's going to be around for a while. Infection prevention is something we're going to be talking about for a long time. As Brian and I said this afternoon, uh, there are good things that have come out of uh, this issue. And for the cleaning industry, it has brought about an awareness that we just couldn't buy that kind of advertising, Brian. Yeah, it, it's, as you said, I like what you said there. Yeah, well, I mean, exactly. And, you know, I, I took the opportunity to, you know, what looked to be lemons, I, I turned it into lemonade by, you know, contacting my uh, news station, the largest uh, uh, TV news station, and, and said, hey, guys, I'm finding all sorts of uh, 
uh, of these masks that, you know, people are tossing uh, into parking lots. And uh, so a, a reporter met me out at one of my buildings first thing hey. the next morning. And uh, I was on the TV news and then later the next day on the lunchtime news. And it was great exposure. So, uh, you know, from trash to TV is Brian and Garen again. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, that's your new slogan, right? From trash to TV, <laughs> Brian is here. I'll have to go retitle that clip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the, the, anything can happen on a podcast. You've done a few of them. And I, I do want to ask a question, though, um, you know, as we're thinking about this, and some people are thinking a podcast about cleaning. You've been on a few, so kind of tell the audience, you know, it's hard to get people in the cleaning industry to talk, Brian. Well, you know, it's it's a great way to build your business uh, inexpensively, if you will. I mean, it's it's let's call it free advertising. It's evergreen content, and um, it, you can get your message out to an audience, and um, you know, it'll be there for years. Um, so, if if you're afraid or you think you can't speak well or whatever, uh, believe me, you get better with experience. <laughs> I mean, I, I wasn't that great with my first episode. <laughs> And, okay. uh, but so, so if we go, so if we go to your website and search your podcast, we can find the good ones and the bad ones. Or well, I, you... I tend to weed those out. Oh, come on! <laughs> but you know what? On my page, I've got a podcast page, and you know they go back. And I've been doing this for two years now, podcasting. Maybe just going on three years, and and you know I've got some very early ones uh, that are still up on my page, and uh, you know, and then you know at some point we'll add this to my page as well, but. You know, it's like anything. You've got good days, bad days. And hey, you've got a producer. You can edit. If I screw up, you're going to edit these out, aren't you? I hope. Uh, hey, I got to tell you, folks, we've got a we've got a page. We're in season six right now. And I can tell you, we've got the ones from the very first all the way up to last week. <clears throat> and and uh, yeah, we have edited a few of them, but there was a few of them you're live and you're on the air and there wasn't any chance to edit and that. So I think that's the interesting thing here is folks, you have something to say and you might think that you not don't have anything glamorous. I can tell you cleaning toilets, cleaning windows isn't glamorous. Picking up trash in the parking lot isn't glamorous, but um, have you put any kids through school picking up trash? Uh, well, yeah, I've got, two young sons that have just uh, both finishing up school. So we've done that. And actually one of my successful students who bought my book several years ago reached out to me. He never reached out to me for support. Uh, and okay. one day he, he, one day he just, he, he sends me an email and he, and he's given me this glowing review and, and he's telling me, you know what my book did for him. And, and he put two of his kids through, through college and uh, what he was doing, he was just doing this on the side. He was cleaning about three or four Walmart super centers. And I think this was in North Carolina. Wow. And he'd done that. And um, he put his kids through co college. And I said, wow, I appreciate you reaching out to me and telling me the story. Hey, can I use you as a testimonial? And, you know, it's on my, it's on my website. <laughs> well, I, I think that's the thing is, you know, uh, you're somewhat like I am here. You know, we teach education classes here at the academy. We have hundreds and thousands of students that come through classes very rarely do you hear anything. And then all of a sudden somebody pops up and goes, this is what we've been doing and everything. Uh, this is why we love the rockstar custodian program because, uh, we get nominations all year long. So wait a minute, folks, I got to tell you, 
yes, we're here at the start of 2022. We just announced the rock star for the, for this past year nominations. As you are listening to this, uh, in 22, uh, the nominations are open. Anyone from anywhere in the world can nominate someone else other than yourself. Now we got to qualify that a little bit and they have to be currently employed with that organization that's nominating them. There's a nomination form on our website, www.academyofcleaning.com, or if you go to rockstarcustodian.com, nominate somebody, because I guarantee you there is nothing better, there's nothing more powerful than letting the media come out and learn about something healthy, positive, and proactive. This past uh, week, we got to announce somebody that's been a frontline custodian in a district for 27 years. It was powerful. So folks, we implore you, come on the show, come talk to us. There's always something good that you've got to say. It's time for us to let people know that we're doing the right thing. And with the COVID that's going on around and all of the other issues, uh, it's our time. It's our time to shine. Brian, I thank you for being on the show and letting us all know this. Uh, I've got two questions for you before you go. Okay. Where were you born? I was born in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Aha. And so what's on your personal bucket list for this year? Not business-wise, something for, for Brian. Well, I don't know if it's going to happen this year yet, but my wife and I, just before COVID uh, hit, uh, had made plans to, to visit Italy to, settle, uh, to celebrate oh. our 30th wedding anniversary. Ah. And so, you know, that quickly didn't work out. It was canceled. And, and so we're, we're waiting and we want to go back when things are more back to normal. And so we get the, the real uh, experience, uh, you know, without all of this other stuff going on. Well, my, now, mine's not as far away as Italy, but I, hey, I love what you're saying. Uh, mine's a hot air balloon. Oh. I've been wanting to go, and when I was ready to go, I had the heart attack, and then last year I wanted to go, and they said, well, you have to wear a mask, and I'm kind of like you. Why do I want to do this and have to wear a mask all the time? I'm in a hot air balloon. Come on, folks. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. the thing is, is they're regulated by aviation, and yeah. in aviation, you have to wear a mask all the time, and yeah. so I understand. So, folks, I got to tell you, I'm not doing the hot air balloon until I can take the mask off my freaking face. <laughs> Okay. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> so folks, the reason why I asked the two questions of all of my guest speakers is because every one of us are on a journey. We started someplace and we're going someplace. Life has all kinds of twists and turns in between. My point to you today, as you've listened to this podcast, is make sure that that journey that you're on is healthy, positive, and proactive. There's plenty of other stuff going on. If you've got some message you'd like to talk to, you've got an idea that's worth sharing, come on. Uh, let's see if you can beat Brian in his little simple little uh, $100,000 business you know, <laughs> with a little simple tool walking around. Brian, it's been great having you on. Um, you know, if you get something going on and you want to come on the podcast, please do so. We'd love to have you come back and share some more stories. Oh, I'd love to. Uh, thanks, Dave. So, folks, please like us and share us. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. You have all the websites. Please, please, please come and share with us. <laughs>